Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Joining me in our studio today is my co-pilot, Lil Baron. Hey, you. Lil Baron. <laughs> How are you, Mr. Case? I'm good. I'm good. good. It's good to see you again. It's good to see you. So I'm going to talk today, let the cat out of the bag, okay. about vitamin D. Okay. You've probably heard I have. that vitamin D is good for you, mm-hmm. right? We, we know that. Yep. Vitamin D is known for its ability to strengthen bones. And more recently, it's also been linked to several additional health benefits, like a strengthened immune system. Mm-hmm. So a lot of good things going on there. First of all, let's just take one second to kind of define what vitamin D is. It's not your average nutrient. In fact, its name is just a, a little bit misleading yes. because vitamin D is not actually a vitamin. Right. It's uh, really a hormone. This is according to Dr. Sue uh, Shapsies, who is a professor of nutritional science at Rutgers University. She says it is a hormone, so it acts on many organs throughout the body. And although we can get it through food like milk and salmon, our bodies actually produce our own vitamin D with the help of a little bit of sunlight, which is why it's sometimes called the sunshine vitamin. So within minutes of going outside, your skin begins to convert UV light from the sun into pre-vitamin D. That's according to Dr. Shapsies. Then it travels through your blood, your liver, your kidneys, where it's converted to an active form of vitamin D that your body can actually use. So that's how it works, Mm -hmm. apparently. Um, Benefits of vitamin D really quickly. Uh, As I mentioned earlier, it can help with strong bones. Mm -hmm. Vitamin D is crucial for a strong, healthy skeleton in a number of ways. Vitamin D helps your body absorb calcium which is the main building block of bones. It also helps your body grow cells and rebuild and promotes bone health by helping the surrounding muscle grow Mm. properly. And if your body doesn't get enough vitamin D to help it absorb calcium from the food that you eat, it might start siphoning off calcium that's stored in your skeleton, which can lead to bone weakening and prevent the growth of strong bones. And that's why not getting enough vitamin D can contribute to osteoporosis. So it's an important one. A couple of other things about vitamin D. It does, as I mentioned, help support a healthy immune system. Vitamin D plays several important roles in regulating our immune health. While scientists don't know all the exact mechanisms of exactly how it happens, uh, but one line of thinking is that vitamin D may increase the production of a substance that they call cathelicidin. Or something like that. <laughs> it's okay. A, it's an immune system protein that fights invading pathogens like viruses and bacteria. Oh. They think that that's the connection. This is a big one. Vitamin D can potentially reduce your risk of getting or dying from cancer. Oh. So, you know, some really yeah. good, really important things about vitamin D. Lab experiments and animal studies indicate that vitamin D could inhibit cancer formation and tumor growth. That's according to the Office of Dietary Supplements. While the research in humans is a little bit mixed, but it is potentially Mm -hmm. promising. There are some observational studies and clinical trials suggesting low vitamin D levels are connected to developing or dying from multiple types of cancer. Mm. That includes breast cancer, prostate cancer, colorectal cancer, as well as many others that don't seem to be connected to vitamin D at all. Mm. So a few things going on there. Uh, How do we get enough vitamin D? We've already talked about the sun, sun. right? Mm-hmm. And so sunlight is one of the great sources of keeping your vitamin D um, at healthy levels. Right. Research suggests that you just need five to 30 minutes of sun exposure. So you don't, oh. you don't need a ton. Um, I like the ton part. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they still recommend that you put on your sunscreen. They say experts um, say that 
Uh, most people don't put on enough of the sunblock mm. to to prohibit vitamin D from producing inside of your, your skin. Mm. So you don't want to get skin cancer in your right. quest of vitamin D. But uh, although vitamin D is the sunshine vitamin, they say that you shouldn't rely solely on the sun to meet your needs. If you want to get it from a, a variety of foods, there's a bunch of choices. So mushrooms, oh. fatty fish like salmon, um, egg yolks oh. are great sources of vitamin D. Other foods like milk, uh, both cow's milk as well as plant-based milk, yogurt, and juices are oftentimes fortified with vitamin D. Mm. So uh, that's worth thinking about as far as nice. ways that you can get it through your food. Um, so, you know, again, vitamin D yeah. seems like it's a pretty important thing to to not forget D. about. <laughs> and, and then, of course, you can take vitamin yeah, D supplements as well. I, I didn't do. mention that, but of course, that's an option too. Today's guest. I know. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's going to be great. Our guest is a Huntsman World Senior Games athlete, Barbara Biggs. Uh, Barbara was born in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, where she grew up with her parents and her two younger sisters. And then in the middle of her university years, she moved to Edmonton, Alberta, which is where she lives today. Mm -hmm. Barbara is a runner. She's a triathlete. She plays badminton, just to name a few wow. of the ways that she stays active. Barbara, welcome to the show. Yes, Barbara. Thank you very much for having me. This hey, is we're, we're glad that we can visit with you yes. and uh, looking forward to getting to know you a little bit better. Hey, <laughs> so so I want to I want to talk about your variety of sports. You've you've been involved and competed in a and and participated even outside of competition in a variety of different sports. Um, have you always been active? Is this something that you've done your whole life, or something you picked up later on? Uh, no, I've always been active. Uh, growing up, we did lots of uh, activities as uh, youngsters. We skied and skated, played a little badminton, swimming. Um, my parents were good role models. My dad actually uh, played in the CFL, which is the Canadian Football League. So right. as three young girls, we were always, like, he, we were proud of him, but feeling badly that we were three girls and we couldn't. <laughs> yeah. There weren't, as, there weren't as many opportunities for girls in the Canadian Football League in those days, right? <laughs> No, I, and any sport that I've been involved in has been definitely non-contact. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you had a great example in your dad who uh, stayed active and played professional sports. Wow, that's that's not something everybody yeah. gets to say. Um, how did you yourself get into him? What, what was your first like dive into uh, activities and sports and competitions? Well, in school, I I always participated on whatever whatever teams they had. I just, I wasn't uh, great at anything, no specialist, but I just like tried out for all the teams and, you know, was good enough. So it was always a part of my life. And uh, the running, I think I just was doing that as just a method to keep fit and get outside and do something. So that was in my life for a, a long time. Um, I didn't really start thinking of competing in running till way later in my late 40s <laughs> so I think what happened I was teaching I was working at a school and they had, had a little contest at, after school with their track club and they were trying to accumulate uh, kilometers and I did that and then after a while I kind of thought well I, I'm doing quite a bit of kilometers maybe I should sign up for a half marathon so it kind of started uh, accidentally and yeah and then became more competitively minded after that, I guess. 
I think uh, I think your path into running mirrors many people's. Yeah. Uh, a lot of times, you you run so that you can stay in shape to play basketball or to uh, play football or to play softball or something else. And then, um, like like you realize for yourself, you kind of have an affinity for it and that you're kind of good at it. Maybe a little <laughs> bit, a little bit. And so then it becomes the in some ways maybe the focus. Um, you mentioned that you didn't get into competition until later, into your late forties. Um, tell us about the first race that you signed up for. Were, were you scared? Were you nervous? Did you feel confident? What, what was that like? Um, I, yeah, I think I was just excited. I, I think I mentioned before that I, I kind of, in, I enjoy working towards something. So I think the, the main satisfaction for me was to come complete the training. So, you know, once you go through that hard list of training and I followed a program that uh, someone had set up here. So I think once the, the race came along, it was more just satisfaction that I could do it. Hmm. So my first half marathon, it was just, yeah, hooray. I did the training and I finished it. So your first competitive race was actually a half marathon. Is that what I'm hearing you wow. say? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> In my, my later years. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, I think most people kind of start with a 5K, a 5K and <laughs> feel good about that. Yeah. But to jump into 13.1 yeah. miles, that's uh, that's pretty impressive, really, yeah. Barb. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. And then I, and then I, I mean, as well, because if you train for the half marathon, then you, you kind of have sort of trained for a 5K and a 10K as well. So I, you know, started doing a bit of that, but um it all ties in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It definitely, definitely ties together. There's no question about that. So do you, do you run marathons as well? Is that something you do in addition to the halves? Uh, I haven't run a full marathon for quite a few years, actually. And I haven't really run a half marathon for quite a few years, but I've done the half marathon training in order to compete in the 10Ks down at, in Huntsman. Uh-huh. Uh, good preparation. <laughs> So I want to talk a little bit about some of the sports that you do at the Huntsman World Senior Games that um, you know keep you engaged while you're here in St. George, Utah. Uh, you mentioned some of the running. So we, we do offer a half marathon. Um, you, you're uh, focusing more on the 10K and the, the 5K. Is that correct? Yes, I've done the 10K and the 5K. I've never done the half marathon at Huntsman. Yeah. So, so those are two wonderful races that our 10 K actually runs through snow Canyon state park, which mm-hmm. um, if you're not familiar with, with that, with that park, it's amazing. It is. It's just a gorgeous, beautiful setting. And I think some people might think, Oh, well, it's a state park. I mean, in most cases, our state parks <laughs> here in the state of Utah would rival many national parks mm-hmm. anywhere else. And Snow Canyon is certainly an example of that. So um, we've kind of covered a little bit of the running. We, we kind of teased at the beginning in your introduction that running is not all that you do, although it is something that you do and have done well. Um, one of the other things that you've done, at least at the Huntsman World Senior Games, is a triathlon. Talk a little bit about how you transitioned from a, a runner to a triathlete. Yeah, well, I, I, um, we were the first year we signed up for Huntsman Games. It was, and we were encouraged by a, a badminton playing friend of ours. And he, he's been going down for years and years playing softball, and he said, "Come down and play badminton." So, um, I mean, Huntsman Games spans over two weeks, so. You know, we thought we'd try to take advantage of everything. So signed up for some running. And then uh, a good friend of ours who's a 
extremely um, great triathlete, and my husband decided that I should go do a triathlon. <laughs> Wasn't it nice that they decided for you that you should do a triathlon? <laughs> yeah, that was. So, anyways, I, I, they signed me up, and uh, so that was my first triathlon. So, um, I, I had been running, and I had been doing some biking, so I had to uh, get back in the water and kind of figure out how to swim again because I hadn't really swum swam lakes for years and years and years so uh so that was yeah it was it was fun training for it again and, and again i had a good program that our friend set up for us our friend mike set up for me and it was just fun getting prepared for it and it was a a great triathlon and uh, uh i i had really good times except for my transitions where <laughs> i oh comprehension of how much time you can lose by switching your shirt around and what transition point. So I lost many, many minutes in the transitions and Mike gave me, uh, gave me heck for it afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) So um, it's funny you say that because I know several triathletes who have actually become very good and very competitive triathletes, but that is so true. You don't realize um, you know, especially your first time through just how much time you're spending there because, you know, you're kind of tired and you're, you're literally transitioning from one sport into another entirely different sport. And it's very easy to lose track of time, but that's an area where for triathletes, if you can cut down on your transition time, it makes a big difference in your overall time. Right. Oh yeah. Like I, I worked on that afterwards. Just Yeah. <laughs> I was very conscious of it, which was good. It made a big difference. <laughs> so I, I know we've, we've kind of already uh, alluded to it and spelled it out, but for those who are unfamiliar with triathlon, I think most people know what a triathlon is, but it's a combination of swimming where you start in, in, in the pool or, or an open water swim, mm-hmm. and then you transition to a bike. And then from the bike, you transition to a run. And our triathlon at the world senior games is what is called a sprint triathlon. So you swim for approximately 500 meters. I think by the way that the the way that our pool works, it ends up being that you do the, you know, 450. So you get out on the, on the right side of the pool and then you transition into the, the bike, um, which is, you know, a number of miles. It's uh, what, what is the bike distance? Do you remember? I I can't even remember. I think it's about, uh, I was going to say 20 or no, not 20 miles, 20 K maybe. Yeah. 20 kilometers or or so. So it's in the 13 to 15 mile range. And then a 5 K is what you end up with on the run. And, um, you know, altogether it's a, it's a great event. I mean, you're definitely tired, but one of the things I love about triathlon is uh, as difficult as those distances may or may not sound, they they sound difficult to me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, It's still a very accessible sport. It's something that people can do with some training. If you, you know, dedicate yourself to a a little bit of time, it's something that you can jump into and and have a great experience. Would you agree with that, Barb? Oh, absolutely. I think it's actually, uh, it's good better for your body probably to because you're doing a variety of things as opposed to if you just run 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 it's the same muscles in the same way so i think the the triathlon training like i'd run one day bike one day and add a swim in some days i think it's just a better overall for your body easier on your body maybe 
Yeah, it's, it's kind of incorporates the concept of cross training into your sport training because right. it's there's three very diverse sports that you're participating in. So you did the very first triathlon you've ever done at the World Senior Games. Have you continued with your triathlon career and training? Do you do you keep do you do triathlons outside of the games or what what happens in that area in your life? Um, well, uh, initially I did a, a few, I did a few back home here and then I, and then I would kind of prepare for the Huntsman games every year. Um, I haven't done one for a few years. Uh, the last time the games were on 2019, um, I got my husband involved with me, uh, trying to encourage him to, um, get on the bike more because he likes to cycle. So we did a team triathlon. So I did the swimming, he did the biking, and then I did the, the running. But, um, yeah, and swimming is hard to keep the training up right now with COVID because all our pools are still closed. So, yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're uh, we're slowly opening up in different places around the world. And, and here in the United States, there are certainly places that are still closed here in St. George, Utah, yeah. where we're at. Um, we're experiencing a little bit more of an opening. Um, but I, I'm with you. Like the, the swimming is, is the, for me in a triathlon, the swimming is the hardest part yeah. for some people. It's the easiest for me. It's definitely the hardest, but um, we're, uh, we're hopeful that pools will get opened up and gyms will get opened up and people can jump back into their training and, and get themselves prepared and ready to go for the upcoming uh, October event. Yeah. Um, so, so we've covered running, we've covered triathlon. You have mentioned badminton as well as a sport that you do. Let's talk a little bit about badminton. Yeah. Um, I played a little bit uh, when I was younger um, and then kind of got back into it in university years. When my, when I met my husband, it was kind of one of the things we kind of tried picking up again together. We both played a little bit. So um, yeah, we joined a club when we were going to university and played a bit and then took off a whole bunch of time when our kids were born. And then once our son was in, I think junior high, he was tried out for the badminton team at his school. And then we took him out to practice and ran into some other people and said, Hey, join our club. So we ended up getting involved again. So lots of people playing, you know, three, three times a week or so at a variety of clubs in Edmonton and uh, haven't played as much in the last uh, few years. Um, because we ended up getting involved in pickleball. Oh, <laughs> uh, not that I mean, I pickleball and badminton are they're kind of related, but they're very different sports. So I, right. I both. But when the summer comes along, it, it's really nice to be outside, and badminton's uh, an indoor sport. So, um, but uh, yeah, in the badminton, um, competed in uh, the the nationals, the uh, masters nationals in Canada. Um, now I have to tell you, you don't have to qualify. You just have to pay your fee. So <laughs> not a super winning athlete in badminton, but it's just always a fantastic time. And again, I love to train with whoever I'm playing with and just get prepared for it. Wow. So uh, 
So you've, you've made a, a transition that a lot of our senior athletes make, <laughs> and that is from whatever they were doing to pickleball. Yeah. <laughs> seems like everybody um, eventually either makes or <laughs> contemplates that transition. Um, so let's talk a little bit about pickleball. How were you introduced to the sport of pickleball? Uh, let's see here. It was just on a, a holiday down in the States. We were just down in Arizona for a week or two and at this campground and resort and saw these two courts out there in the field and went and tried it. And then uh, the next year we went back there and tried it again and thought, this is pretty cool. So when we came back to Edmonton, uh, I was still working, but my husband kind of looked into things and found a one place in Edmonton, in all of Edmonton that you could play. So he kind of got involved in that. And then, um, yeah, as I had more time, I, tried the pickleball more and and uh just kind of got hooked on it like many people <laughs> Great. So, easy easy to learn and it's just fun to try to develop your skills and amazingly social game as well like yeah all community everywhere we go I was going to mention not only is it a fun sport and get you outside and get you active and and all those wonderful things, but it is a very very social sport, <laughs> it is. and uh, that's part of the fun. That's part of the family. That's part of the culture of pickleball. So I'm I'm assuming that you have played in our pickleball tournament here as well. Uh, yeah, we played in and your tournament there for sure. Amazing, like gigantic uh, participation in that pickleball tournament. <laughs> Even the fact, you know, to get in, it's it's hard. There's so many people that want to play now. But uh, tournaments are uh, always, like, super well run, and and uh, it's just a fantastic time. Actually, all the sports. I think that's why we ended up, after that first time coming down to Huntsman, we came back again because everything was so well organized and so friendly. And um, the socials afterwards, like, you know, to go for a – a 5k run and then somebody gives you breakfast afterwards. <laughs> we says, Whoa, that's just quite the, quite the event. Yeah. Well, we, thank you. Yes. We, we love hearing that. <laughs> yeah. We, we have, you know, tremendous people that help us pull these events together and, and put everything on and, mm -hmm. and, you know, really there isn't a focus on the social and the friendship. Our, our mission is to foster worldwide peace, health, and friendship. And we think we do that through, uh, you know, a variety of different yeah. ways, certainly. Uh, but um, that social element, that social aspect of senior sports is something that's very, not only important to us as an organization, but important to us as human beings. Right. Uh, it's so, so crucial that we interact and we have that social uh, aspect in our lives. Well, Barb, my word, you are an example yes. uh, to me. And I think to many people, I, I love that you've just been willing to try new things and, and jump in and, you know, not be worried or, or concerned about learning a new skill and picking up a new sport. We've only got about, I don't know, 20 seconds or so. If you were to tell, if you were, if, if you were to visit with somebody who was, you know, worried about either competing in the games or picking up something new, what would you tell that person based on your experience? Oh, just kind of what I just said, like it's such a um, well-organized event, uh, so welcoming. Um, I mean, St. George, Utah is the most beautiful, beautiful place ever. Uh, you didn't mention that the 10K run starts in Snow Valley, but it starts as the sun rises. So as you're running down the hill, the sun is coming over the red mountains. It's just uh, an amazing place. Um, 
so we always stay extra and just tour around the area and enjoy the beautiful area that it is in. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, Barb, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your experience with us and your kind words. It really means a lot to us. We we appreciate that. We we hope that everything kind of gets settled down and the borders open up and we're able to see you again this October. Yeah. Thank you very much for having me. That was fun. Wonderful. Look look forward to seeing you here again soon. Thanks, Barb. Thank you. Wow, Lil. Yeah, good stuff. I love, I, I, I love visiting with multi-sport athletes just yes. because they have such a such a fearlessness, you yeah. know, just try something new. Yeah. And I think Barb was definitely an example of that. Absolutely. So, so as we've mentioned, been mentioning for the past several weeks, registration for the Huntsman World Senior Games is open. Uh, we have 35 different sports yep. to choose from. And so if you want to be like Barb and participate <laughs> in, in a handful of them, we'd welcome you to do that. You can check out all the schedules, the rules, the dates, as well as our COVID-19 plan to help keep us all safe at seniorgames.net. While you're there at the website, check out some of the great content we have. We've got regular health and wellness blog posts. We've got access to our Living Your Best Life webinar series and just a a whole bunch of active aging information that can be really helpful. We want to remind you to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. Of course, we take this live show and we turn it into a podcast and you can subscribe pretty much anywhere that podcasts are found. If you happen to be listening by podcast, take a moment and give us a rating, write a quick review. One of the best and easiest places to leave a review is at podchaser.com slash the active life. And then of course you can find this and previous shows right on our website again at seniorgames.net. Today's inspirational thought. Okay. It comes from golfer Phil Mickelson, mm. who just became the oldest player to win a major tournament just a couple of weeks yeah. ago. He says about golf, but it applies to life. I would rather try a shot to win than play it safe and finish second. Oh. Good stuff there. Good. Don't uh, don't forget to uh, tune in next time, and until next Thursday, stay active. Mm-hmm.